Former Detective Deke and young ambitious Detective Baxter are on the hunt for a serial killer in 1990 in the outskirts of Los Angeles. Deke is haunted by his past failure to find his own case's killer, so he assists the young Baxter to hunt for this new cryptic killer who targets women who happen to be alone. Obsession soon takes shape as Baxter realizes the FBI are threatening to take over his case. So he desperately clings on to this idea that suspect Sparma, a drifter, a creepy face you see in the crowd, is the killer. Sparma toys with both Baxter and Deke, because is he really the killer, or isn't he? Welcome to Worth a Watch. For years now, Omari and I have been going to $5 Tuesday movies, and one day, we started to review them. You may have heard of some of these movies, and others, you haven't. Either way, we review them for you, do all the background research, and tell you if it's worth a watch. The film stars Denzel Washington as Joe Deke Deacon, Rami Malek as Detective Jim Baxter, and Jarrett Leto as Albert Sparma. The film was written and directed by John Lee Hancock, who wrote the screenplay 30 years ago, around the time of Steve's birth. Oh my god. <laughs> so old. <laughs> and the film was originally offered to Steven Spielberg, Warren Betty, Clint Eastwood, and Danny DeVito to direct. For some reason, uh, it simply did not work out for the four directors for various reasons. Spielberg felt the script was too dark, DeVito was too busy in the 90s, and everyone else was working on some different projects, so Hancock ended up directing it himself. Hmm. So Hancock, he has written Snow White and the Huntsman. He has directed The Highwaymen, Saving Mr. Banks, The Founder, and The Rookie. Wow, that is the most random assortment of movies so far, I'd say, out of anybody. I, yeah, like the genres are kind of all over the place. We go from fantasy, we go from biopic, and the, actually two biopics, if you consider The Highwaymen and The Founder, and then The Rookie. Yeah. We, we did some quick research, and we found out that uh, he actually did work on the Disney, I think it's a Disney, Rookie film uh, with Dennis Quaid, the baseball movie. So I don't know how he went from that to serial killers, but it's been... Uh, and Snow White and the Huntsman as well. It's been an interesting couple of uh, decades for John Lee Hancock. That's for sure. Kudos to him because like, he's keeping it interesting. He's keeping it eclectic as well, which I absolutely appreciate rather than just sticking to one genre. Oh, I respect yeah. that. I respect that. I respect that too. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out that this is... Kristen Stewart is becoming the new uh, link to all of our movies, or at least yeah. Twilight in okay. some form. So at first, it was like the Fast and the Furious somehow mm. connecting. Right. And then straight it out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. For some reason. And then Harry Potter... Yeah, but then we went to just, we've been in Twilight Zone. Yeah, and then now Kristen well, no, Stewart, yeah. Not Twilight Zone, but we've been in the Twilight Zone. Sphere, yeah, the, the area, the sphere, the, yeah. the world, the Twilight Extended Universe, oh, or whatever. Cinematic <laughs> Universe. So, yeah, that's... Uh, just like a weird connection from one thing to another, but... We're, we're doomed to be reviewing Twilight-related movies for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I'm gonna go like knock on wood just in case. <laughs> I have no wood. Is that wood? It's bits plaster. <laughs> so yeah, so we're screwed. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh, <laughs> why? Thank you. Yeah, no problem. 
So from the beginning of the film, it created like a great sense of suspense and tension. We're following this girl who's driving out on this load, lone road and like she's jamming out to this awesome song that we were like low key like singing along to while we're watching the movie. Then the car behind her starts following her like a little too closely. And she does the cliche 90s thing where she makes a dumb decision and pulls off into a clearly abandoned gas station hoping to find help. <laughs> and this is a slight spoiler, but it is like the first two minutes into the film. She got lucky and she lived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but she just uh, makes the worst calls. She just absolutely really did, yeah. Uh, you're, I remember your brother is like, he pretty much stopped watching the movie because he was like so <laughs> yeah. pissed. At, yeah, you're just a <laughs> stupid... I, I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't just like turn off your, your, your lights or drive faster or something. He's like, I'm in a vehicle. I have plenty of gas, yep. uh, you know, everything's good. I'm going to slow my car down and then I'm going to stop. And then I'm going to also get out of my car so this oh person can pursue me on food. Like just, I just, I think I just fucked up a word, but <laughs> I food, <laughs> I went to an accident. But uh, yeah, no, like uh, I'm in a car. Why would I get out of that car and, uh, you know, just get out? I'm going to let this dude pursue me on foot. And uh, yeah, great idea. Abandoned building. There's no one around. Like, Perfect. what are you doing? A desert as well. While yeah, a desert. At it, yeah, you know. Yeah, just dump my body over there. <laughs> like Jesus. My goodness. Like. I was wondering if we were starting a horror movie because I was like, she's making horror movie decisions like that. Um, is it a, a progressive commercial? You know the one I'm talking about where they're like, why don't we just get in the running car? Oh my God! Yeah, that's such a good commercial. It's like that. I was like, are we? Is this a horror movie? I might have even asked you that at the time, but. It, it definitely exactly set like, like a like a good tone for the movie because like like right away like we're like, <gasps> like well, I thought you're gonna be like oh it's it's everybody's gonna be stupid in this movie oh no I just meant in the <laughs> sense of like building suspense and stuff because we're like oh well this girl is fucked yeah you know? yeah and so like I I try to not root for her because like I don't want to get like connected in that sense you know. Okay, and yeah. be let down for her to be like killed and stuff. So I, I kind of appreciate like the, like the false start in that sense, like that she lived. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right, yeah, man, I'm disappointed that she didn't die. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. There's no, some, yeah. There are people out there who are like that. Yes. I Ser have, yeah, serial I, killers. Yeah. No, just, well, I have some questions for some friends that I've hung out with. Really. Yeah. Now that you say that. Well, so anyway, though, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that took a weird turn, but, um, <laughs> so what you're saying is this movie subverted your expectations from the beginning. Um, saying that it's like a joke, but. Yes and no. Yes. In certain aspects of the fact that like, it's always such a cliche to kill off like that, that the first girl in every thriller, suspense or horror movie, they always kill off that, that first girl in the very beginning of the movie. Okay. Yeah. However there were some points that were a bit predictable in this movie which we will discuss later because you had like a lot of excellent points where you oh thank you oh well, of course you know? <laughs> like we, we briefly went over it and there was moments that you were able to easily predict some scenes that were going to occur so yeah yes and no in the end of the day mm. but then i have to wonder like how much of that is us just seeing so many movies you know what i mean like it's uh, I almost wish we had seen this with like other people so I could be like did watched you watched it with my brother 
Yeah, well, he got, like, disgusted after the first scene. <laughs> she's like, she's so stupid, she's going to die, and then he left. But, like, it, it would be interesting to, like, get somebody else's impression. So, that's unfortunate. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up because, actually, quite a few of my friends did tune into this movie. Really? Yeah, I was talking to my friend in L.A., and she was not as favorable to this movie as we were. And she didn't call it predictable, but she felt that it was too much of a slow burn to even bother trying to predict. Okay, I mean, I can, I'm not gonna disagree. Mm -hmm. I just feel like with certain movies it works, some, some movies it doesn't, you know what I mean? So, honestly, I don't even like slow burns, but this one, like, it worked for me. Uh, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, uh, just because I, I know we always say this in every podcast. We'll discuss this later, but we will discuss this later. We're I promise. Consistent. I, I think we, we are. are. Consistent. We really are. See, in between these times, like when we say that, we're actually taking all the time to do the background research and then tell you if it's worth a watch. So another thing that I analyzed in this movie was there was odd transition scenes, there was weird cuts, there was random blackouts, mm. that, that there was moments that you and I, like, we looked at each other and we were like, is HBO reloading? It, <laughs> it, it kind of, like, messed up the flow of the movie and we just turned to each other, like, several times, just like, all right, did we miss something? Should we rewind it? Like, yeah. And then we realized, like, oh, no, no, it's just, like, a really weird blackout cut that they had yeah, it felt it felt weird like there was i don't know like a lot chopped in editing or something almost like and uh, the other thing i noticed just because like it's not even um i'm not even one of those people that knows a lot about filmmaking i'll, I'll tell you that much right right off the bat but i noticed that there were a ton of establishing shots like early in the film at least uh, later in the film i don't remember as much like uh, aside from a couple of scenes but I remember it was so much of a, an issue early on for me that I actually made note of it. So it, it had to have gotten my attention. But there were just like a ton of fucking establishing shots of like, here's where they are now. They're over here now. And I'm like, I just... So yeah, between that and the transitions, I was kind of like... It, it was weird because I liked the, the direction of the film. But then there are just some weird decisions, you know? Uh, yeah, because like I thought the storytelling was fascinating hmm. but just jumping from one point to another it, it really threw me off so to the point that like even my brother was able to like establish like okay what what's going on here right you know <laughs> like maybe because my brother has been hanging out with us a little too much like he's starting to see what works and what doesn't work in films he's becoming stuff. jaded yeah <laughs> he pretty much is because he's like he's like picking up things of like okay this is not working for me like why are they doing this and i was like yeah he's been like hanging out with us a little too much <laughs> is he listening to the podcast he might be he might i be. hope he is i hope so yeah please <laughs> yeah so well hey that's good though that we can you see so that that's something that i'm that I might not have even noticed, but like a friend of mine, say, who's like really into filmmaking or whatever might have brought to my attention. I have a couple of friends who, who do that kind of thing, or like really dead on with noticing stuff like that. And they kind of brought it to my attention. So that's kind of just how it is. We sort of sort of pay it forward with just like getting people to notice things. Yeah, so. certainly. I remember devil all the time you and i we were not a fan just of that me. i know sorry. i'm just like i'm so angry now <laughs> <laughs> so we were not a fan of that film at all and 
a lot of my friends who are in LA or involved in Hollywood in some way, shape or form, they absolutely loved that film. But they were all kind of like on the same page with this. Yeah, I know. I know. I, what? I, know. I, 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 I don't know. It was like a weird okay. thing. They were all on the same page. Like, wow, this is like cinematic masterpiece right here. Even though you and I, we just did not like it. Oh but God. they were all kind of like on the same page in the sense of storytelling with this particular movie in terms of how it was shot, how things were established and stuff. Like they appreciated like certain aspects of it, but they could see the faults within. Hmm. So okay. that was kind of interesting to see the conversation that was like being brought forward with this movie. It's like they liked it but they could see the cracks underneath it. Like there was just like a lot of cracks with this movie. Yeah, I feel like, well, I mean, we came to that conclusion. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting how we kind of like, we had that same sort of impression here. And the other film, I feel like you'd have to pay me a lot of money to, to make me see it again. <laughs> and so it's just, it's really funny that we both kind of saw these movies and we came to completely different conclusions. I, I felt like we were pretty much on the same page in terms of the devil all the time, just because it was like yeah. really over the top. It was clearly Oscar bait as well. Delusions. Oh, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but th this one, I think um, the expectations were set too high for this particular film. For everybody else? It, yeah. Because I feel like we didn't have super high. We, we were like. I, yeah, I felt like my, my expectations were moderate yeah. and they were fulfilled. But everyone else's were like up here because it's Denzel Washington, it's Rami Malek. They're both, you know, Oscar winning actors. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like an interesting thing to look at, you know, like these two movies that come out on HBO and Netflix and the Netflix one is more favorable versus the one on HBO. So another thing that we analyzed during this movie was... The voices were really, really low to the point that we had to put on oh caption. God, yeah. We couldn't understand a word they were saying. It's like you said, they were basically mumbling. And I noticed that they do this with like a lot of thrillers or suspense movies to create like an air of mystery or intrigue. But if anything, it's more of like a nuisance. We're basically leaning in, struggling to like hear what they have to say. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the mystery. Yeah, but then I, I have to put fucking captions on that already takes me out of the movie, yeah. you know? It's, I put here in my notes that it sounded like uh, Rami Malek w had a bunch of marbles in his mouth. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I think he's a good actor, but it just, it felt like he was trying to create marbles in his mouth. Like, you didn't want to let him out. I, I'm it, like, what are you... <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like, because, yeah. like, okay, like, when we're watching these movies, like, I legit get kind of scared because I'm like, am I going deaf? And, and like, no, no, like, this oh, really? is like a legit thing that goes in my I head. You're with me there. Yeah, no, 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 like, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I'm, I'm really serious. Like, I get concerned that, like, oh my God, maybe I'm going deaf, you like know? A, is that like a specific phobia? Um, I'm going to find out what that's called. You know, I haven't had a hearing test in some time, so sometimes I do wonder. <laughs> it felt to me like half the time Denzel was like, I don't know, he was like in, in a church or something and he had to mm -hmm. be quiet or like he was coming into a court or something he was like trying to get in and observe in the back row and he just wanted to be quiet and he had to like excuse himself to get in the row you know what i mean <laughs> it's like okay we're gonna do this now like or he's it, like denzel's yeah. making a fucking asmr video or something it, it kind of reminds me of like the trend 
in the early 2000s where they where they did that where they made the voices really really low and then when they're filming uh, a horror movie they use like such a dark filter that you can't see anything you mm. know and i'm like it just i don't know it really takes away from the film i rather see the scares i would love to hear the dialogue clearly that way i don't think i'm deaf what if it's really bad you know, I'd rather hear it. I'd rather hear it anyways. That way I can fully digest it properly. That way we're not having to rewind the movie to be like, what did he say? You know, it's just like, can you imagine if we saw this in theaters? Yeah, I could. I, I can't. I, I know, <laughs> no, it's it's kind of hard with this. Well, like, see, it's, so it's, yeah. that's another thing, though. Would it have been better in theaters? Because maybe the sound would have been a lot better. Um, maybe it would have been too loud. Maybe. It, that, that's definitely a possibility. Also, can I see the devil all the time cut where they lower the sound so I don't hear the shitty dialogue? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Sorry. You have such beef with that I movie. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah. I do remember that being a thing in the early 2000s when they were filming like a horror movie like they would put the filter at like so low that you, you really like you're squinting at the scene like you, you can't see anything you had to turn off all the lights to see what was going on okay you... and I also confirmed this theory recently because I DVR'd hide and seek as well so okay I was gonna ask if you had a like specific yeah. movie or two in mind y yes okay so yeah. hide and seek identity which came out in like... Oh, the John Cusack movie. Yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yep. So I watched that at a sleepover. And we had to stop the movie because we couldn't see what was happening. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we gave up during the sleepover because we were like, wow, we literally cannot see this movie. And it was dark out, too, because we were, like, trying to scare each other. Like, oh, spooky movie. Oh, it's midnight fuck. and stuff. Yeah. But we're like, okay, well, this is defeating the purpose because we can't see the movie because of the filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is not, not a horror movie. I don't know. I'm just like, this is the one that comes to mind when we think about that. But have you ever, um, I don't know, I think I just had a stroke right there. Um, <laughs> did, have you ever seen Zero Dark Thirty? I started watching it, but then my brother was like, I don't feel like watching this. And I was like, yeah, me neither. And then we changed it. Okay. Yeah, so this, okay so <laughs> that's, this, that's my story. Yeah, so this point is not uh, well made then because you don't know what I'm talking about. But there's a scene where they, they go get Osama. Mm-hmm. And when they breach his house, it is so fucking dark. I saw it in theaters. And <laughs> the funniest, here's the funniest shit. So my friend for some reason thought it was going to be more like fast paced. And really it's just like a, it's like a thriller. And there's like a few action scenes thrown in. Do you not know our government? I, I don't know. This was like 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like we thought it was going to be like a fucking like the trailers this will be relevant oh, later. Oh, this is going to be a great discussion. The, the trailers made it seem like it was almost like a Born Identity movie or some shit. So we thought we were going to go into like a fucking like, I don't know, action movie. So they, <laughs> they we bought IMAX tickets. And there's a scene where they have to put breaching charges to, to blow into the compound, break through the doors. The fucking charges were literally louder than it would have been in real life. Like it just—it was like a fucking explosion. It was like boom. Like it was just like it, it felt like somebody had set off some fucking C4 in the theater. It was so loud, <laughs> and it was just like so. So we got to that scene. And the goddamn thing is so dark. There, there's like some scenes where they have night vision, I think, but most of it is just shot like in pitch black darkness. But when I had seen it later. Because my parents wanted to see the movie and I think another friend wanted to watch it too. So like another, I saw it another couple of times. And 
holy shit, I could not see what the fuck was going on. Because it was like, I felt like I had to put on some fucking night vision goggles oh, just to see what was going on in the movie. So I know what you mean, but holy I, shit. I, I just hope that they don't bring that trend back. Because, Jinx. like, Jinx. no, no, no. Some dude's like, remember that? I'm going to bring it back. No. Oh, He's, my God. Uh, it, was, it was the worst. Sorry, guys. It was absolutely the worst. I don't know. There's, like, a lot of great horror movies that they don't lean into that where it has to be dark and something spooky comes where you, you're squinting to see what the spooky thing is. Like, I want it in my face, you know, whatever the spooky thing is. So anyway, so going back to this movie, uh, okay, yep. Um, it wasn't dark. It was just we were hard of hearing, or the characters just simply were it's, not uh, speaking. Up well, enough. actually, it's sensory deprivation. The director did it deliberately. You totally missed it. I didn't see that in my fun facts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, how fun are your fun facts? Oh, you're gonna have a. You're gonna get a great kick out of these fun facts. Like I am so excited for these fun facts. Oh my god, all right. All it's right. just every time, the, like, at first I was having absolutely- I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at first, like, I was having no luck with these fun facts. Like, I couldn't find anything. And then one thing led to another, to another, to another, and I just went down like this rabbit hole. And it was a very exciting rabbit hole to go down. Okay. So anyway, so going back to Rummy's character. Mm -hmm. So there was moments that his character, like I, I simply couldn't hear him or he, he felt like out of place, like he acted really stiff. And you know, what's weird is two days after that we saw this movie, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody where he played Freddie Mercury and he did like such a good job with that character that like I was really hoping for like a different ending for him. We were talking about how, yeah, it's like, it, hoping it's almost like a Tarantino movie where he rewrites the ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he was so good. And, like, after I finished watching the movie, like, I was, like, in my room and I'm, like, I'm, I'm still thinking about this movie. I'm, like, why did Freddie Mercury have to die? It just, mm. like, he, it was so good. And then I also saw him at the night of the museum, like, another two days later. It was just like one of those nights, like there was like nothing on TV. I was like, I guess I'll just watch this. And he's oh in that God. movie where he plays like an Egyptian prince. And I was like, he's doing a great job here. Wait, which one was that? Was it the it was, second one? It was, okay, so he's actually in all three. Oh, he is? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. All I remember is uh, Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, wow, you've seen him in a bunch of random movies. Like, I, I feel... Twilight. I don't remember him in that at all. So I that's a... remember him very well because he was like one of the leaders of the Egyptian vampire clan. I, I, I hate don't that even... I remember that. But I remember his his character. We got a secret super fan here. No, no. <laughs> no, I remember his character specifically because he was like the rebel of the Egyptian vampire clan in that movie. I had to review it for our newspaper, okay? That's why. God damn it. Don't judge me. so fucking defensive right now. Oh, man. Um, I just, okay, I don't, I don't remember that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, I had to review it for a newspaper. That's the only reason why I remember that movie so well. All right, all right. Okay, I'll take, you, take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, we were just talking about how he just kind of, he just, Either he is like well cast for a role or he's just not at all. And like I've seen him in some movies where he's great and there's other movies where I'm just like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like I was talking about how um, people would disagree with me here, but I, I really think he was not good in the Pacific. 
that was the first time I saw him in anything and he just felt like really fucking weird for that movie and uh, I think I've seen him a couple other things too and I just I don't know I just either really liked him or I, I couldn't stand him in it so it's right I used to watch Mr. Robot as yeah, I well. Yeah, the first season. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was like, it's one of those shows that like if you miss an episode, you just miss everything. So basically, I think I watched like the first six or seven episodes of season one, missed one by accident, and then I, I just couldn't catch up after that. And he, he was really good in that show too. Mm. But this, this particular role, it, it's like he had to grow into it. Because at first, it was like, he was playing like this cocky kind of like detective when he's giving that press conference like yeah look at me i'm head detective mm, and i'm yeah, young yeah. as well but then halfway through all of a sudden like he's like mumbling his lines and then towards the end he kind of comes out of his shell as well because he oh i almost gave away a spoiler oh <laughs> shit i stopped myself there well, yeah but see that's another thing though it's like what's the order that this film is shot you know, mm, like, ooh. what are we... Yeah, so, like, how... That's a really good point. Yeah. That's one of those weird things where it's like, oh, yeah, they don't shoot a movie in chronological order. Like, that's right. something that's, like, you have to remember that, but... Because I always thought that was really fucking weird that it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to shoot the ending, you know, first. We'll shoot the first scene last. But anyway, um, <sighs> so it's, like, hard to, to do that. I'm like, was that by design? Did they shoot this movie mostly chronologically? Or, I mean, who the fuck knows? But yeah, he just he just seemed off, and it's like you know, is it's another case of like just because somebody is really good in one movie doesn't mean that they're suited for all roles, and that's okay because not every actor can play every fucking role. I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah, and th that's okay. That's alright. You gotta understand where your weaknesses are. L like I said, towards the end, I I dug him more yeah. within his character. But like at the beginning, like he just was very stiff. It was really awkward, you know. Like I, for like a split second, I almost wanted to give up on the movie. Oh shit! For like just just like a split second, because like I was getting like really frustrated with his character, because I'm like, I know you're better than this, Rami. Like gosh darn it! Like I've seen you in other stuff. You're good, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I'm glad we didn't give up on it, but damn, I didn't know you were that close. I, yeah, <laughs> just just like a little bit, because like I, I was I was frustrated because like I'm maybe maybe because it was the fact that like I couldn't hear what he was saying, and I think that that that's what was <laughs> frustrating me the most. Uh, like another issue that I had with this movie and. We also discussed this like right after watching this movie as well because like I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it at first until we started like talking about it. The costumes, the setting, um, the setting is supposed to be 1990 but I felt like nothing about it felt like the 90s or like at least the, the late 80s. Yeah. In the show Stranger Things like we are fully immersed in the 80s like in this film it could have been in the 70s, 80s or even today. Yeah. So there was nothing in terms of setting that screamed 1990 except for like that that song in the very beginning of the movie. Like <laughs> even the Conjuring movies, like they they really felt like 1970s to me to me, because like they they use like slang from that that era, like you know groovy and things like that. But like the 90s, like you got to remember, like there's like big hair, like there's like glam rock. I felt like everything about this, like it was too clean, you know. Yeah, so you just want gritty. 
Yeah. Basically, yeah, after seeing Den of Thieves, you just can't get enough of it. No. Right. No. <laughs> but, like, the, the 90s, like, like, think about it. Like, remember back in the 90s, it was a grimy time. I was, like, really young. Sorry. Okay, like, I, can't I, remember. I have vivid memories like of the 90s. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, um, well, no, no, you, you nailed it, though, because I remember at the time, we didn't even uh, wait till the movie was over to talk about this because mm-hmm. we were bringing it up, like, during it. But you mentioned, and this is fantastic example by the way but you mentioned the people versus oj simpson where they just like fucking nailed that time frame where you're like yeah this is what do you mean the shot this was shot in like 2016 or something like is this <laughs> you mean they didn't shoot this like when it was happening like that felt like it was almost like a documentary because it was just like it was it was so on par with like the music and just the way everything. it was and yeah everything Hair was good style. they fucking nailed everything like the cars and stuff and like yeah it's just this felt like they just walked down the street and said, oh, yeah, it's 1990. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's even more confusing because the movie, um, the beginning scene, we're not entirely sure, like, when this woman's being chased by the, whoever the serial killer is or whoever the fuck. We don't even know if it is a serial killer, actually, now that I think about it. Fair. Uh, it could just be some creeper on the fucking highway. We don't know how much time is between that in the rest of the movie we don't know how much is uh between the flashbacks of which there are many throughout the film like when do those take place touched on the flashbacks that, i'm just casually yeah. dropping it the flashbacks are really cool by the we'll way but that. there's flashbacks we don't know when they happen so that just like further confuses it does this how long does this movie take place during like what was the timeline yeah, so, I, mean, I, I just don't understand because like I feel like the 90s, it's like one of the easiest decades to kind of like replicate almost just because... Give some, me something. Yeah. Like something. Music, um, like the fashion or like just put someone's hair in a side ponytail, you know? Yeah. But like even the bar that they go to together, like it was too clean. I remember that there was it like was people... Weird. Everybody's like wearing like t-shirts and leather jackets and it like literally could have been today yeah like that i was like oh shit that's something i would wear like i legit have like a leather jacket and a t-shirt that i've worn out in 2021 you have a leather jacket no one has i have two just kidding because i mean 1990 was that cusp between the 80s and the 90s so it was kind of weird they had like some some 80s shit there but i mean like it would have made sense like give me something yeah play some paula abdul in the background whitney houston something anything to make me feel like you wanted some, some music music really helps set the tone as well and we only got like that taste of it at the very beginning but maybe she's listening to like a flashback radio station of some sort she was the only one that was dressed to the decade yeah that's and that true. was it you know what would have been really funny what? if uh, they had been able like she turned on the radio and some 30 seconds to mars was playing oh no <laughs> <laughs> you oh, were expecting that. Man. Just to throw in my Jared Leto reference. We'll get into that later. It would be so <laughs> fucking funny. I would have laughed my ass off. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. <laughs> you know what? I would have given that mo- like the movie like top billing then. Top You're billing. Right? Like it's, it doesn't it doesn't work in the timeline, but you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Sure. Oh, that would have been great. So there was like random elements in this plot line that I didn't really understand. Like the one big thing that you and I discussed was Deke's character has like a bad rap. He was basically demoted almost or he kind of took himself out of the equation into a different district. We can't talk about it too much though. We cannot. So, but yeah, like there's, so there's a reason 
why he has an infamous kind of um rap sheet yeah he's, he's got a bad rep but i was kind of like why it's for something that is significant let's put it that way we'll go into it more than spoilers because it is a huge spoiler which i figured out way before they revealed it so points to me i was really proud of that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm just gonna just gonna toot my own horn there for a second yeah, but Baxter's character, a.k.a. Rami Malik, like, he finds him to be a very curious person and, like, invites him along on the investigation, even though he has absolutely nothing to do with it. And it was just, like, a random thing. Like, there was no conversation between Baxter and Deacon. Just all of a sudden, Deacon is, like, really interested in Baxter, and there's just no why. What about Deacon intrigues you? Yeah, well, that, that was, like, something early on where I was almost questioning... Are they going to pull some crazy thing and have, like, Rami Malek be, like, the killer or something? And that's why he's... Let's give away a spoiler, but... Yeah, we're <sighs> almost going to... I held back. There's spoilers everywhere, but I was like, oh, is Rami Malek, like, the serial killer? I have no idea what you just mouthed, but... <laughs> um, fun facts! Um, no, like, so I was like, oh, is he trying to, like, you know, throw him off? Or maybe they, they should have just, they could have done it differently. Have, like, Deacon make an observation, like, oh, oh, okay, that's cool, I didn't see that, that's really cool. But then he, he doesn't do that until they go, they bring him to the fucking crime scene, even mm -hmm. though he's not involved, he's, like, 500 miles away from his jurisdiction. Well, all he's doing is, like, delivering a piece of evidence the to boots. that jurisdiction. Exactly. The, yeah, the boots from yeah. the, the intro sequence. Yeah, because the guy wears, like, some weird mm -hmm. some boots. So the intro sequence, he's, like, picking up the boots or some shit so he can bring them to another crime scene because they think it's one guy. And, like, for some reason, they invite him along to this random crime scene for, for whatever. So the, we'll have to go into it more in the spoilers, but I was kind of like, why do people have a bad impression of Deacon if they don't know about the secret? Or does everybody know about the secret that they're hiding? And Which we'll does, talk about. Yeah, and what does Baxter see in him? Yeah. They literally met for like a few minutes and he's like, that's my right-hand man right there. Well, yeah, well, I, I got that this guy, he has a rep for being a really good detective as well. But I was uh, like, but I was like, why do people think that, why does everybody hate him in the department? Like, do they all know what happened? Yeah, and the, that, that <laughs> like was like another like, thing on? that like kind of confused me as well. He had like a bad rap with certain personnel, but then there was other people that like really respected him yeah. as well. So it it was just like this weird counterbalance between the two because like when we first watched the movie, I was under the impression that he was demoted. Yeah, I mean he could have been while he was there, but mm -hmm. I think he just he just transferred to become a county sheriff. Right. You explained that to me afterward, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I don't know. Maybe he was demoted. I It gave me the vibe that he, honestly, like early on, they gave me a, a big vibe that he was like involved in ratting out some, like rooting out some police corruption. That was the vibe I got. That, that was like, the vibe you got? Yeah, the, I, I thought that he had seen some shit and he had talked to Internal Affairs and that was oh. why everybody had hated him. I definitely did not get that vibe at all. Like, I kind of got the vibe that he, like, fucked up majorly on a case of some sort. We got. That he got, like, too obsessed, and he just messed it up because of his obsession. Like, that that was the vibe so that I got from him. All right, so you nailed the theme very early on. I did. Very good. All right, points. Thing. I'm going to pat myself points. on the back. Points. Pat myself on the back. But, yeah, no, I, I thought, like, the way they were looking at him, that he was, like, he, he saw somebody, like, taking bribes or something, and he told IA. 
wow, I just thought he was just one of those people he got too involved. And that's why people were looking at him that way. Like, no, he gets too obsessed with his cases. Yeah, that's like, really that, that was my impression. Wow, this is like this so is, yeah. great. Like, this is really interesting. It's a good debate movie. Yeah. Very good debate movie. <laughs> and another thing, too, it was like a really, really slow burn. Like, to the point that, like, they didn't give us enough clues about Deacon and, like, the overall mystery of why he moved to a different department. Hmm. It kind of left, like, small hints here and there. But, like, not enough where I felt satisfied that it was, like, borderline annoying because, like, we were overthinking, which may have gone into the theme of the movie, but maybe we're overthinking the theme of the movie, you well, know? No, what, what I got from it is that they left all these little details and you had to pay attention to the little things. Boo! I'm sorry. See, I'm trying to get as many fucking puns in as I can. I am boo! That's fine. I earned that. <laughs> you can do it. If you want to do another one, go for it. I know. I, I might have it in me a little bit later. We'll, we'll see. Just like a random boo? Just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be the last time I say it. Oh, I know. If I have my way. Uh... But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> this is one of those movies, though. It's like, it's hard to know what the director meant or if, like, shit is just, like, an accident. You know what I mean? Like, we were talking about, like, underwater or even going back to, um, like, the devil all the time. I'm like as I as I yeah I'm, I'm have do not have a good expression on my face like how many things are like intended how many things are accidents and just or things that we notice that we're reading into too much like it's really hard to know with this movie in particular like it's really hard so you know like I, I felt like I was able to kind of grasp onto the theme pretty quickly but like the side stories and like the little um things no yeah look at that (laughs) (laughs) well i got that in that record time record time Uh. um (laughs) how how should i put this the little side stories the little lessons that you're supposed to learn you know like i felt like they were trying to sneak in all these like little things stop it (laughs) gosh darn it oh shit they were trying to sneak in the little things yeah see feels good to say it no um i mean it's like that's that's literally what it is though it's like it's the little things it's the little little details right it's the little things that give you away like it's it's the details and that's well that's what i was talking to you about like we're talking about slow burns and shit and all these like these these little things these fucking these side stories this felt to me, and you were telling me how this this was always intended to be a movie, but this felt to me like it was a fucking TV show that like it was intended to be like maybe a maybe a mini series because HBO does that like where they have like um it'll be like a six like like the night of or something where it's oh. like you know like six episodes or whatever or seven episodes right and you got to figure out who the killers. I was like, you know, maybe is this supposed to be? like five episodes or something and they just they they ended up getting Denzel and they didn't want to pay him like 20 million dollars so they made it a movie you know I appreciate it on a like a storytelling perspective but it was like not enough clues for it to be like a movie you know yeah, like yeah. We, we need to wrap all this up in less than two hours because this movie was less than two hours could have felt like longer it, it did it really not, did not in a bad way I I don't usually enjoy a slow burn. It was like an hour and like 50-something minutes. It was less than two hours. Damn, I would have said it was like two and a half, honestly, if I had to guess. Okay. 
Like it wasn't it wasn't a painful two and a half hours. It wasn't devil all the time painful. Mm-hmm. Like like that movie the was never ending. That movie was like eight hours long. I don't care. <laughs> I know it was two and a half hours long, but it was like it was like fucking interstellar where they go to the planet and each hour is like seven years long. That's what Devil All the Time was. I would we watched that for fourteen years. Oh no! <laughs> no, but uh, how old are we now? I'm, yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm like fifty seven now. Oh, after Jesus no, um, <laughs> I just I, and I have to wonder too if because this movie went through all these evolutions, I have to wonder if at some point he maybe thought about making it into I don't know or like a like a miniseries or some shit. Honestly, I have to give this dude kudos for sticking with his... His story 30 years later. 30 years. That's insane. That's story. literally my entire fucking life. Yeah. This dude has been trying to <laughs> get this birthday. published. Yay. <laughs> I mean, you're a little late, but you yeah. know, it's fine. I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> but yeah, it's just he's been sticking with this for over 30 years and he finally got it published. So yeah, there, there, there's something kind of inspiring about that, though. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, right? I feel very inspired right now. Yeah, I could tell by the tone I'm of your just, voice. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, that is that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Thirty years later, that you he were got able, it done. yeah, he got it done. I okay. So this author that I got to work with while I was in grad school, she published a book back in like the late 1980s, early 1990s, right? And just now, it's finally being turned into a feature film. Hmm. Yeah, and because of the pandemic production has halted unfortunately however they did get some really great actors to star in the film of her book so i i suppose like these things like if you want them done right it takes time things take a while i mean this dude put three decades into it and i mean well you guys be the judge if it was worth it but yeah just the fact that he got it made is really impressive so kudos and with like top of the line actors as well and also jared leto I'm so glad <laughs> you brought him up. Steve. Just leading it into this. I'm so glad because now we can lead into our next point. <laughs> Jared Leto as Sparma, aka was he the serial killer or wasn't he? So, um, for some reason I find that Jared Leto, like he really relishes in playing these weird characters. He's been in Fight Club, he's been in Suicide Squad, Dallas Buyers Club, our favorite, Urban Legend. He's been in, oh Jesus Christ, he's been in Panic Room where he wore those wonderful cornrows. I really, I have to look this up, honestly. Like, it makes me want to punch a wall. And the Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Oh, actually, (laughs) yeah, it is is an Oscar Literally. You very. F- I have a very cool fun fact um, about, about Jared. Yeah, Jared Leto, uh, Guinness Book of World Records actually this year named him the shittiest actor of all time. 